listen to me. Help me. I can't do it by myself. Um, I don't even trust my preparation. I trust in your spirit. Speak through me and um, cause everyone to be blessed, including myself. Thank you, Lord, because you're with me and you're with all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to start with uh, two opening scriptures, which um, this entire uh, presentation will be based on. And uh, the first scripture is Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 from uh, AMPC version. And I'll read. It says, for the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh, the godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other continually, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. Bold and confident steps. Taking bold and confident steps. I'll still get to that point. The second scripture is from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 4 and 5. This is the New King James Version. And it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So um, as I was mentioning, a few months ago, I gave a presentation on mental wellness. And uh, with the time allotted to me, I basically ran down through a list of 20 things, 20 practical things that one can do to help maintain good mental health. Um, but today, I want to take a deeper approach um, on the topic of mental health, like I, as I mentioned, focusing on your mood. Focusing on your mood. And um, I think that when you have a deeper understanding it empowers one to overcome issues that may develop because you understand the source uh, of the issue. I take, for example, um, when you look over the past 10 years, um, starting with President Barack Obama, um, he brought a lot of awareness to mental health. Every time he's speaking, at least during his first term, maybe not you know, the second term, but he was always talking about mental health, mental health. And then through this country, we did a lot of strides. There were a lot of strides towards increasing the manpower within the psych field. Yet, when you look at the statistics, there was no tangible improvement in America. There was no tangible improvement in America. When you look at the rate of suicide, the rate of murders, the rate of drug abuse, all of it has steadily been increasing over the past 10 years. And why is this? The reason is because the root, 
of the problem had not been addressed. The root of the problem had not been addressed. And, um, you know, in, in life, we can go about looking at things on a superficial, from a superficial standpoint and try to address the, the issue from that standpoint. But if you do not deal with the root, that thing won't change, you know. It's like uh, um, weeding. If, if you just cut the weed at the top, you don't get the roots. It will continue to grow. So briefly, I want to talk um, uh, a small tangent. I don't know if I would call it a tangent, but I think it's, it's, a, it's a good foundational uh, point to discuss, which is the spirit behind. The spirit behind. Um, you know, I mentioned uh, uh, the, the mental atmosphere in the U.S., there was a spirit behind it. You know, I'm sure that all of us are fully aware of it. There was a spirit behind it. And, and it doesn't matter that um, uh, people may try to bring awareness to mental health. When you do not deal with the root of the issue, the issue will still remain. And um, today, you know, we've, we've in this country really, not just this country, but all over the world, um, there's less and less attention that's being placed on the spirit. There's less attention being placed on the spiritual realm. Now, when you contrast it to what's happening in the scriptures, when you look in the Bible, their mentality was very spirit first. When something would happen, they would consider the spirit. Briefly. Um, if you look at, uh, I'll, share, I'll share two examples. Genesis chapter 25, verse 21 to 22. It says, Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. You see that? She went to inquire of the Lord. Again, uh, the, next, the next example is in Genesis 42, verse 25 to 28. Um, then Joseph gave a command to fill the sacks with grain, to restore every man's money to a sack, and to give them provisions for the journey. Thus he did for them. So they loaded their donkeys with the grain, they being his brothers uh, who had come to visit Egypt to buy, to buy grain. They loaded their donkeys with grain and departed from there. But as one of them opened his sack to give his donkey feed at the encampment, he saw his money, and there it was in the mouth of his sack. So he said to his brothers, my money has been restored, and there it is in my sack. Then their hearts failed them. And they were afraid, saying to one, to one another, what is this that God has done to us? You see? Now, from that example, the focus is not about blaming God for bad situations. But they understood that there was a spiritual element to what was going on. There was a spiritual element to what was going on. You look again at that, that example of Rebecca, her twins, were, were wrestling in the womb, wrestling in the womb. 
in this day and age, with our knowledge of, of, of medical science, if, if, a, if a pregnant woman uh, comes to me as a physician and says, you know, my, my children are acting, or my, my, my womb, they're very active. I have a very easy explanation for that. From a medical standpoint, you say, okay, um, a lot of times this happens in the morning when you wake up or after eating a large carb load, you know, a lot of, a lot of sugar, or you're drinking coffee or taking in a lot of caffeine, whatever you eat, your children eat too. And so if you bring in a lot of sugar, they'll be more active. See, easy explanation, you know. With science, I'm able to give an explanation from the, met, the, the physical side of things, you know. And, and because of that, because of that, because of our increase in knowledge, because of our increase in knowledge, as I was saying before, the spiritual realm is becoming less and less recognized, you know. Um, some things that were once thought to be supernatural um, have now been explainable by science. We're all aware of that, you know. As we become more knowledgeable of things, um, uh, as, we're, as we're able to explain things, they lose their, their, their mystique. You understand what I'm saying? Um, two examples. You have uh, uh, the phenomenon of the solar eclipse. Okay? A solar eclipse. We all know that. I, was, I would assume that most of us know. Um, a solar eclipse. Uh, it's when, you know, during the day, the moon gets between us and the sun. And it blocks out the sun's rays, you know. Back in medieval times, back in even biblical times, they would see it as an omen. They would see it as something that's spiritual. But now that we have knowledge of things, oh, it's nothing. It's whatever. We, we understand it. We move on. Um, again, the rainbow. You know, in Genesis chapter 9, um, God gave us the rainbow as a sign of his covenant. Covenant to do what? That he would no longer destroy the earth, you know? So he said, this rainbow I give to you as a sign of my covenant that will no longer destroy the earth with floods. But today, with our knowledge of science, we understand that as light hits the droplets of water in the air, it hits it like a prism. And so that, that, that white light now diffracts into all the colors of the rainbow. And so we see a rainbow in the sky, we say, okay, I understand why that rainbow is there, how it was made. There's nothing spiritual behind it, and you move on. You see, because of our, our knowledge, our physical knowledge, we have started to shift away from the spirits behind. And today I want us to... to um, remind ourselves that there is a spirit behind. The spirit is what controls the physical. You understand what I'm saying? We all know the saying that the first step to fixing a problem is recognizing that the problem is there. You take one step further, it's identifying the source. You know, if you identify the source, then you're able to handle the issue. Remember, I said that this is kind of a tangent. I'm bringing it back around to mastery of your mood. 
I'm bringing her back around. Hebrews 11, chapter 3, it says, Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen, the physical, were not made of things which do appear. So we know that the physical is controlled by the spiritual realm. If something occurs in the, the physical, we must learn to consider the spiritual. If something happens in the physical, we learn to consider the spiritual, the spirit behind it. This is something that we have to learn to make into um, a habit. Um, I give you one small story. You know, I, I think stories are really good. Uh, Pastor Chuka gave a number of stories. Um, was it Monday? It was this Monday. I went to Newark. I drove to Newark uh, for something. And um, parking in Newark is tough. So I said to myself, let me just park in one small, uh, you know, grocery store parking lot. You know, it's no problem. I mean, I, you know, they say it's only for customers. So I said, okay, maybe if I walk towards the building and then... I go about my way. It'll be fine. So I didn't realize that we live in a day and age of cameras. Cameras can go directly to one cell phone. So anyway, on Monday, I, I drive to Newark. I park my car there. I go to one office building, handle, you know, I'm there for some time. I come back. Now, in my heart, I was like, I hope my car is not towed. I come back. I'm walking. I'm walking. I see my car. Woo! Praise God. Only to find a boot on my car. <laughs> I saw that thing. I had never had a boot on my car before. I said, Chai. Whew. They put a little card on it saying that if you want this boot taken off, you have to call this number and have $250 cash. I said, man, that's, that's thievery. That's, the, that's, that's stealing. When did a boot cost? That's too much. Okay. <laughs> Brother Dave. <laughs> well, that is true. I, I did not do the right thing. I parked on, on a grocery store, you know, property, you know. And um, I called the number. I went into one. It was like a chain of stores. I went to one store. They had ATM. I thank God I was able to, to have the money. I, I drew it. I called them up. Three women in an SUV drove up. And, I mean, they started, like, talking tough to me, nasty to me, and all this stuff. You better do this. And it would have been easy to allow what they were saying to affect my mood. I could have been in a bad mood. Why are you talking to me like that? You know, get a little, you know, a little tough. You know, these three, these three small women, they're, they're talking. But... Yeah, I mean, you know, I could have allowed it to affect my mood. I could have allowed seeing a boot on my car affect my mood. I could have left that place feeling, man, I'm upset. I had to pay this amount of money. I had to do, ugh, you know. But I looked, I was able to look beyond just what was happening in front of me, you know. One, um... The Holy Spirit was showing me that, hey, these women, 
You don't know what kind of people that they've had to deal with in this kind of business. Putting boots on people's cars. People may have threatened them. People may have put gunpoint at them saying, take this boot off the car. People may have done all kinds of things. And so when they see a guy who's relatively bigger, they come out the car acting tough and, 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 and kind of belligerent, you know. And so because I was able to see past what they were saying, I could understand it and say, oh, okay, I'm not going to allow their words to affect my mood. They're saying this. They don't even know me. We haven't met. I don't know them from Adam. But it's, almost, it's even a reaction, a protective reaction for them. You follow my point? Yeah, you know? And so because I was able to look past the physical and see behind that, I understood. And therefore, I didn't allow it to affect my mood. I paid them the money. I got into my car, and I drove home at peace, you know? So when you're able to, to see the spirit behind, that's the, main, that's the point I'm trying to say. When you're able to see the spirit behind, then it helps you to, to maintain your peace. It helps you to maintain your mood. Your mood is an important thing, especially for us as men, you know? I mean, a lot of times you, you look at women, um, if they're in a bad mood, they'll quickly, they'll quickly verbalize it. They'll quickly express it. That expression of the mood helps them to feel better. They'll talk with this person. They'll call this person. But a lot of times, I'm not, I'm, generally speaking, most guys, they kind of just hold it in. And, you know, you don't feel comfortable. You know, your mood can affect how you interact with people. And it, it, can, and it, it can affect uh, how productive you are in your day, you know? Um, so, uh, like, like Pastor Chooks likes to say, that was my preamble. Now I'm getting into my message. <laughs> um, I'm glad you all laughed, you know? Laughter is medicine for the soul. And it's very important to always make time to laugh. Always make time to laugh. Don't be so, you know, uptight. I mean, don't be so stiff, you know. Make time to laugh. It, 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 it helps to, it's good for the soul. Um, so now, furthermore, in terms of mood, um, I have another story. This happened about, I'd say, two, two, three, two, three weeks ago. I was at home. And I was in my office uh, doing something. My wife had gone to church um, on a Saturday. It was on a Saturday. She had gone to church for the women's evangel- uh, evangelism. And so she came back from women's evangelism. And she comes into the office. And she's telling me about all the good experience that she had, how she went. And she was talking with all these different people. One Muslim woman was like, ah. She was, you know, she was excited. And then she had collected a bunch of contacts, you know, and um, she said, okay, you know, there are some of these people who I think you would be good to give them a call and, and, you know, talk to them further, you know, reach out to them. Now, that's a good thing. I mean, in retrospect, it's something that I should have done to encourage her. But I said, no, I'm not going to do it. You know, um, 
Was it right? No, it's not. I'm not saying it's right, but I did not oblige to do it. And so when, when I, I said, no, I wasn't going to do it, immediately she stopped talking. She stood up and she walked out the office. Now, <clears throat> she did nothing wrong, but that reaction put me in a bad mood. You would think that it's something small. But you find that the people who are closest to you have that ability to kind of, you know, they can, they can affect you. Do you all understand what I'm saying? Is this correct? Yeah. If, if, if it's somebody at my job, they do something, they can even say, I mean, I have patients that will curse me out. It does nothing. But my wife did something simple. She stopped talking. She stood up and walked out the office. I can tell she was annoyed. But it made me upset at her. I know it was irrational. I don't need anyone to tell me that. It was irrational. But I, my mood was affected by that reaction. So um, later on, you know, I mean, we're, you know, we're at home. Her, her behavior, you know, returns back to normal. She's, she's interacting with me as though nothing happened. I mean, all is good. But still, that mood lingered. I'm telling you, it lingered. You know, I wasn't behaving negatively towards her. I, I knew. I mean, I still had my brain. I knew that that mood was not, a, it was irrational. It didn't make sense. She didn't do anything wrong. In fact, I was the one that was wrong. I should have obliged to help her contact those people that she had, she had made contact with during evangelism. That would be encouraging to her. You know, so I prayed about it. I said, Holy Spirit, what is what, what's up with this? Why? Why don't I? Why? Why do I feel the way that I feel? You know, and God revealed something to me about my mood. He showed me that. The Bible talks about I read that scripture earlier in Galatians that. There is a constant struggle between the spirit and the flesh all the time. There is a constant struggle between the spirit and the flesh for your mind, specifically your subconscious mind. You have the conscious mind. That's your conscious thinking, your, your intellect, uh, your, your emotions. You, you, you know what's going on. That's your conscious mind. And then there's the subconscious, you know. Um, the subconscious, you're not fully aware of the subconscious. Um, and, and your spirit and your flesh, they're at a tug of war constantly over the subconscious. Because whoever has control of the subconscious controls the man, controls the whole person. You understand what I'm saying? We know the scripture that says, as a man thinks in his heart. That's talking about the subconscious. So he becomes, you know. So during that tug of war, whenever, whenever there's an actual conflict between it, between the two, it affects your mood. There's a lot of times when you may have a bad mood and you don't know why you have that bad mood. There's a tug of war that's going on. Now, what do we often do? When we have this, when, we, when we're in a bad mood, a lot of times 
we go to do something that makes us feel good, right? Uh, for some of us, it can be going on a walk. For some of us, it can be, uh, I know for me, I like to sit and watch YouTube or watch TV, you know, just fill my mind with stuff, and eventually the mood will kind of settle. But then when the Holy Spirit told me about this, I said, you know what? Let me experiment on this. That day when, I, uh, when, when my wife had, had, you know, she clammed up, stood up and walked out, and I got into a bad mood, the Holy Spirit told me about this revelation. So I said, let me experiment on this. And so I read a short five to ten minute uh, Bible devotional. Um, how many of us know my utmost for its highest? Oswald Chambers. No. Okay. Um, okay, so I read just, you know, I was just reading the Bible, that, that devotional, five, ten minutes. As I was reading it, brethren, my mood cleared up. I felt good, you know. The Holy Spirit told me that whatever you feed, if you feed the flesh, that flesh will now overpower the spirit and there will be peace temporarily. That's why if you're in a bad mood and you do something that, that feeds your flesh, you may, it may kind of calm things down, but you're strengthening the flesh, not the spirit. If you feed the spirit, the spirit now overcomes, overpowers the flesh, and that battle for that time has been settled. Do you all follow what I'm saying? Your mood, whenever there's a bad mood, it's a tug of war a tug of war between the flesh and the spirit. And if you feed one over the other, that one will overpower the other and there'll be peace for a time. Now, are we going to feed our flesh or are we going to feed the spirit? We'll feed the spirit. David understood this best when his mood was down. If you look at Sam chapter 42, verse 11, he says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. He didn't say, Why are you cast down? Okay, let me go and find uh, 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 I don't know, something to do to build up my flesh. No, his focus went back to God, you know. And, and that should be the same with us. Um, from a psychological perspective, <clears throat> the mood uh, is an expression of the conscious and the subconscious mind. It's an expression of the, the conscious and the subconscious mind. When actively engaged in uh, something, when you're doing something that requires your active thinking, one's mood is consciously affected. Now, when you're idle, when you're not doing much, your mood is usually dependent on your subconscious. I don't know if you guys get that. So you have the, the mind. The mind is, is composed of your consciousness and your subconscious thinking, okay? When you're doing something, when you're actively doing something, you know, your mood can, is usually dependent 
on your conscious thinking. But oftentimes when you're idle, your mood is, is, is dependent on the subconscious, you know. Um, now, some tips to improve your mood. I'll just list out a few tips. Uh, some of these are what I shared um, a few months ago during that other presentation. Be mindful of what you watch and listen to. Past? Oh, you passed it around. Oh, okay, fantastic. Praise God. Um, you said blue team members. Is it just blue team members? <laughs> okay, okay. So, I see. So, tips, tips to improve your mood, okay? Um, be mindful of what you watch and listen to. Rarely are people conscious of the things that affect their subconscious. Rarely are people conscious of the things that affect the subconscious. Um, as I said before in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So it's very important that you guard your mouth, your, excuse me, you guard your mind. You guard what you allow to enter through your eye and your ear gates. Um, it's important to take time and lead a healthy lifestyle. Uh, eat a healthy diet, drink plenty of water, stretch daily, exercise, be active. These things, they increase exercising, for example. It, it increases the blood flow to the brain and um, helps you to not feel tired and cranky, you know. Um, also, exercise produces endorphins. Endorphins are uh, feel-good uh, enzymes. They help to reduce stress, you know. Um, also, you want to get plenty of sleep. A lack of sleep leaves you tired and irritable. Um, and when you're irritable, simple things tend to annoy you. Simple things tend to affect your mood. I don't know, maybe that Saturday I was a little sleep-deprived. I don't know what it was, but um, <clears throat> another thing is learn to set aside time for alone time. Alone time is a time when you can decompress from a busy day. You dedicate time to self-reflection. You're able to ask yourself, how are you feeling? You know, what were your successes in the day? What were your difficulties? What were things that you could do to... Uh, improve on those difficulties. So decompressing is very, it, it is vital. It's very important to maintaining a good mood. It's very important to maintaining um, uh, a healthy mental state. Practice relaxing. A simple thing such as closing your eyes, taking in a, a slow, deep breath, and a slow exhale is very beneficial in relaxing. It's very stress-relieving. In fact, let's all try it. Okay, so everyone, close your eyes. Take in a deep breath. And then let it out. And you know, you can do this a few times in the day. And while you're doing it, 
You can talk with the Holy Spirit, you know, about what's bothering you. Um, that closing your eyes and just taking a deep breath, it really just helps to close away and, and move out all the noise, all the distractions, so that you can really just relax yourself. A lot of times, a, a heart that is, that is at peace is better able to hear from the Holy Spirit, you know. And so it is vital as men, it's vital for all of us to, to maintain a state where we are always sensitive to HQ, just as uh, Pastor Chuka had mentioned. We're always sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is telling us. Um, another point, um, take time to read a good book. Reading a good book helps you with decompression. Writing, uh, many people find it therapeutic to express their thoughts on paper or even typing it out, you know, helps you to work through your feelings. Um, singing, singing is something that's very beneficial, especially singing uh, uh, praise and worship songs. You know, these are things that, you know, as I mentioned, that tug of war, it's helping to build up the spirit as opposed to the flesh, you know. Now, um, one point that I, I want to really touch on, and it's very important, is the topic of rumination. Rumination. What is rumination? Um, from a, a, so if you look at cows, Cows ruminate. They chew on the curd. You know, chew, chew, chew. They swallow it. They vomit it back up. They chew it again. Swallow it. Vomit it back and chew and chew. So there's a cycle of it, just chewing on it. Now, from a psychological aspect, rumination is thinking of negative thoughts, a cycle of negative thoughts. Regularly, allowing them, entertaining them in your mind, allowing them to run through your mind. This, it's repetitive thinking or dwelling on negative feelings and distress and their causes and consequences. This can, this can contribute to the development of depression, anxiety, and can worsen existing issues. Examples of this could be recurring imaginations of um, arguing with your wife about the shortcomings. I know none of you do that, but I've had that before, where um, sometimes if I'm upset at one of my wife's shortcomings, when I'm by myself, those thoughts will come into my mind of what I'll say to her the next time she does it again, you know, or... or uh, or what I'll say or how I'll point out this mistake or this thing you did. And I have to tell my mind to shut up. I have to shut those thoughts out. You know, that's rumination, thinking on those negative thoughts. Another example is what you would say to your boss or your coworker if he or she crosses the line again. So that person crosses the line the first time and you're thinking about it in your mind. The next time that person says something, this is what I'm going to say. You know, it comes into your mind regularly. It those thoughts keep coming back. I hate what that person did to me. 
the next time I'm going to say this. I'm going to get them back. That is rumination. Um, constantly dwelling on the way someone wronged you. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. You see, we have to understand that there is a spirit behind it. There is a spirit behind it. The enemy can get you to imagine it. If the enemy can get you to imagine it through, if he can get you on, on, a, on a mental scale to see something through, then doing it physically is simply just the next step. I hope you understand what I'm saying. If you can see something through in your mental state, doing it physically is just nothing but the next step. You know, whatever you imagine will likely become. I said it before, as a man thinks in his heart, so, so is he. In the medical arena, um, just to kind of give you some, some uh, uh, how this is applied. Um, if a patient comes in with depression, um, you ask that patient, have you had thoughts of suicide? You know, and they may say no, but a few of them say, well, uh, yeah, sometimes. And then you, you ask them, have you thought it through? Have you thought how you would do it? That's called ideation. Ideation. Ideation is mentally seeing it through, planning it through. What is it, what is it that you will do? If someone shows signs of suicidal ideation, that is a cause for calling 911. And I've done it. I've had to call uh, the ambulance to come over to the office to take a patient to the emergency room so that they can be uh, uh, under monitor for psych emergency. You see, we understand that so we, we understand that that ideation, if you can do it in your mind, you can see it happening. The physical is just the next step. That's, that's nothing. Doing it in the physical is the next step, you know. And so the same thing applies. The devil knows this, and he wants to feed our minds with these thoughts, these negative thoughts, and allow us to be cycling through those thoughts, cycling through those thoughts, you know. And it doesn't lead to um, anything good. Um, now, there are things that we can do to overcome rum rumination. Um, talking it out has a dual benefit. When you're able to talk it out with someone that you trust, um, one, you're expressing your negative feelings and frustrations, and in doing so, that just helps you feel better. That expression, it helps you feel better. Two, it gives you the opportunity to obtain feedback um, from the listener, and this can even include the Holy Spirit himself. You know, as you're expressing these thoughts, you can be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is telling you regarding it. Do not entertain these thoughts, but shut them down. When you, when you realize that these thoughts are running through your mind, shut them down. We have the power to do so. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. 
all of us who are in Christ, we have the Spirit of God in us. Because we have the Spirit of God in us, we have now been empowered to shut down those thoughts. Before you came to Christ, you were dead in the Spirit. Your spirit was not alive. So therefore, there was no tug of war. The flesh had nothing to tug against. The flesh was in control. And so anytime the devil wants, he can put thoughts into your mind. You did not have the ability to fight the, rum the rumination. You didn't have the ability to fight those thoughts. But now that we have been made alive in Christ, we have the spirit of Christ in us. We have been empowered to shut down negative thinking that can affect our mood, that can affect what eventually settles into our subconscious. So do not entertain negative thoughts. You shut them down. Pray over your thoughts. Commit them to the Holy Spirit every day. Pray that he will help you remain focused on him. Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You will keep him. God will keep you in perfect peace if you maintain your focus on him. So pray that the Holy Spirit will help you to maintain your focus on him. Speak against evil thoughts. Rebuke Satan, who is the source. We have the mind of Christ. So the source of evil thoughts is not you. Remember that. A lot of times when the enemy feeds thoughts into your minds, he'll feed them in the first person. You all understand what I mean? The first person, third. So those, those, um, the thoughts will seem like it is from you. I am the one doing this. I am the one saying this, this negative thing to my wife. I am the one. But it's not really, these are not from you. These, the source is not you. The source is the enemy trying to feed them into you. Do not accept them. You rebuke Satan. I remember as a kid, um, I would sometimes hear my dad, well, just be driving on the road, you know, and out of the blue, my dad would say, shut up, Satan. I reject you. I rebuke you. And I'm like, what happened? You know, we, we didn't say anything. Nothing happened. Uh, uh, nothing, you know, we're just driving on the road. Just out the blue, he was speaking. You see, there is value in what you say. What you say, your ears hear it. It's not just, let me, it's not just um, thinking it, this evil thought. Mm -mm, get out of my mind. You know, just thinking it. When you speak it, your ears hear it. And, and I don't, I'm not able to really explain how the effect is, but because of what you hear, it's able to now go deeper and affect and attack that evil thought, you know. You evil thought, get out of my mind. You know, you rebuke Satan, you resist it. This, this thought is not of me. It didn't come from me. You speak it out. You know. Learn to focus on the positive. Um, as I said um, during that presentation, in life there's really no such thing as 20-20 vision. Okay. 
There's no such thing as 2020 vision. Whatever you focus on becomes magnified. If you're focusing on your problems, if you're focusing on what someone did to you, what someone, how someone wronged you, that will become magnified. But in the midst of it all, if you're focusing on Jesus, Jesus is magnified. The goal of the enemy is to, is to draw your focus away from Jesus onto the physical. As I talked about earlier, he wants to draw you away from even thinking about the spiritual realm, just focusing on things on their physical level. He doesn't want you looking at the deeper part because he knows that the deeper part is the root. He knows that the deeper part is the cause. And if you can address the deeper part, then you've, you've overcome it. He wants you to take your focus off of the spirit, off of Jesus, and focus on the natural, what's happening in the physical. Whatever you focus on is magnified. There is no such thing as 2020 vision. Um, lastly, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. You know, I just realized that's a command. Think on these things. God is telling you how to think, you know. And if you think on these things, he's not just doing it for any reason. He knows, he knows the heart of man. He knows that, hey, if, if, if you're focusing on the negative, then it will spill out into uh, your physical. You know, if someone is always focused on the negative, I mean, I've seen people have high blood pressure. I'm a physician. I've seen people have, have stress. Stress is a disease. I'm telling you, stress can cause a person to have urinary tract symptoms, like they have an infection. I have women that come in, they think they have a urinary tract infection. They have all the symptoms, burning with urination, frequency, the urge to pee. We, do a, we run a test on their urine. It's completely negative. And I start to talk to them. I'm like, okay. Um, there's something else. There's inflammation of the bladder that can cause these symptoms. The cause of this inflammation can be from eating a lot of uh, spicy foods. The woman will say, mm, no, I'm not doing that. Okay. Um, it can be from taking in a lot of caffeine. Have you been drinking a lot of coffee lately? Uh, no. No, doctor, I haven't been doing that. Hmm. Well, another cause is stress. She's like, oh, yes, I've been having a lot of stress. You know? What you focus on can affect you in the physical. Not, it will. It will. You know? Think on these things. The Lord has told us um, uh, what we should think on. And I believe that if we're able to maintain a posture, a heart posture that's focused on Christ, then we'll find ourselves being victorious in our mood. You know, you may sit there and say, this guy's just talking about your mood. Something simple. I mean, whatever. It's nothing. No, it's not nothing. It's something that's important, you know. And, and it can certainly spill out into 
how you treat, how you interact with your fellow person on a daily basis, you know. So um, I hope that uh, by the grace of God, this blesses you all. Let's let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, because of what your Son Jesus Christ did. Because of Christ, we now have your Spirit. We have been made alive in Christ. We have the spirit of we have your spirit that now enables us to overcome. Father, we thank you, Lord, for revelation as to what causes a bad mood and how we what we can be doing to overcome it. You've shown us in your word that the flesh and the spirit are always at a tug of war with each other. And and that it is it is vital that we feed the spirit. Father, we pray, Lord, that you will help us to remember these things. We pray, Lord, that you will help us to make it a habit that when things arise in the physical realm, that we will learn to look to the spirit behind, to understand the spirit behind the situation, and to pray regarding it, to speak to that spirit, to speak to what's, go- to what's going on, so that we can live a life where we reign in life, where we, where we overcome things that arise. Where we, where we live a life where people can identify Christ in us. Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for this message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.